yeah, I wonder if I wonder if more people again can take stock from Lewis Capaldi's team. Yeah. And see how well that's working for everybody involved. Hey everyone, Nikki here and welcome to the Riff Yard. We've got a great show today and I'm joined as ever by the amazing journalist that is Ola Joyce. Ola, how you doing? You good? I'm good, thank you. All good, all good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. We're both suffering from this amazing, super duper hay fever that's going around. So Very um, lucky. (laughs) We're very lucky. So, so lucky. Thank you, life. (laughs) Indoors and outdoor life. (laughs) (laughs) My heart goes Um, out to anybody else who may be suffering from it. It's tough. You're warriors. (laughs) Yeah, just can't do it. Just can't handle it. So, um, I'm really excited about this one because... Me too. This is, again, a kind of new discovery for me, even though I'm well aware of the individual. So, we're going to talk about uh, the Netflix documentary about Lewis Capaldi and the making of his second record and the whole journey that is well that's 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 happened in, in making it and it's fascinating it it's really is. fascinating so much to kind of unpick from it um god i mean where do you start with this because it's there's there's so much in it and it's not a very long doc either yeah. either it's quite short but i think that kind of adds to the charm of it so all what was like your first kind of uh um contact with Lewis Capaldi um so I think the because I've been working in radio for years it was like he was the new kind of star basically he was being played everywhere and it wouldn't really be to my taste but I'd seen like I'd seen him be really funny on Instagram and I didn't even realize like he he talks about that in the documentary and yeah. he's not the comedian from Instagram he's he's a yeah. singer songwriter songs yeah yeah <laughs> um so I was one of those people I didn't put two and two together and I was like oh it's it's that guy um and that was kind of as far as my feelings went for him like the music wasn't really my taste but I respected him as an artist and that was it. And then kind of in recent years, the more I kind of learn about him and from watching this documentary, it was fascinating. And I just have an abundance of respect for him now. Like he's he's incredible and incredibly talented as well. But also, I think it really humanized him. He was already very down to earth and kind of one of the lads and things like that. But the way he it showed him interacting with his family and none of it was very showy like yeah. it was very parent and child kind of interactions that I I thought really brought everything home which is funny because they're in his home <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know exactly what you mean because you think especially with just the monumental success that he's had mm-hmm. he's currently on on Spotify alone, he's got thir- over 32 million monthly listeners. Just mad numbers. Mad numbers. You know, and someone to kind of, he's not, hasn't got any arrogance or anything about him, I don't think. Mm. And he seems very, very 
well planted on the ground which he actually talks about in the uh, documentary how he you know he still lives with his mum and dad (laughs) at the time yeah and um you know even his mum takes the piss out of him for that which I think is really funny you know he's like trying to write hit songs like in his pants eating a sandwich going oh mum have you got any like I think he says like I haven't got any pants yeah Yeah. he's like I've got a meeting with like the record company in a minute and it's like tucking into a sandwich and stuff it's just so like it's so good and I'm I'm so glad just a guy in his 20s like (laughs) that's exactly it it's I'm so glad that's what he's like yeah just got you just got that from him and it's really cool um just seeing him that there's just no bollocks with him is there Mm. what you see is what you get and I think that gives it that makes him even more charming Mm. and when you see him switch gears into music mode when he when you there's some fantastic parts of him playing guitar um playing piano and tracking vocals in uh, the studio and what have you it was so good just to see he loves it so much like he's genuine he's a re- he's yeah. the real deal you know he really is and you know e- echoing what you said at the beginning it's not my cup of tea genre you know absolutely <laughs> not but as a writer and as someone in this crazy music industry you kind of look at someone like that and you just go yeah good on you man um yeah and uh, um, I'll, I'll root for you exactly like I, I thought what especially when it showed him writing and say dealing with his manager or the label or things like that that he he was so professional like cutting from him just being a guy in his 20s living his life to go like switching roles completely and so like no this is what he wants to do he knows how to take it seriously and he knows how to be in control of those aspects and he stands up for what he wants while also listening to the other professionals in the room like he just seems really mature as well like it's it's quite inspiring I'd say yeah it was I I, I'm very inspired by uh, watching I've watched it three times wow um yeah just on uh just so I could pick really, up you know, yeah and because um of the state that I've been in the last couple of days <laughs> that we spoke before coming on air <laughs> um it was uh, three times was probably worth like watching it once for me yeah. But, uh yeah just yeah watching that professionalism and him not being afraid um to put his foot down to things but also at the, as much as he's like know that I like my fucking song thanks very much type of thing there was yeah. moments where he was like I'm not sure what do you guys think can you help yeah and I really respected the fact that his he's so comfortable in his own skin of that mm. um well to a degree we'll obviously cut touch those yeah. bits, but in terms of the creative side yeah in he trusts things, himself yeah that's it and he's he's got um a good relationship with the people he's worked with and he believes in what they can do and they yeah. believe in what he can do and it's really rare i think oh definitely something that is everybody i mean there's a few times where there was the manager asking him like yeah well 
you know in the studio like well i don't i don't um it doesn't sound like a fucking hit to me that's it and yeah the, and i love the fact the producer went <laughs> you know he looked at him and he was like what the fuck does that mean yeah like and called him out yeah called the manager out right in front of everyone was like what the fuck do you you, you talking about mate what yeah is that? You know, and then it, backtracking to say oh it's a great song it's a really good song it's just like well which is it what like, is it mate yeah do you, yeah. is it is it something that should be scrapped or is it something that you think needs work like <laughs> yeah it was it was really interesting to see that kind of because you'd think as well in those scenarios someone would be going yeah i'm here picking up some obviously the paychecks that must be flowing around this stuff is is yeah top, it's it's the most expensive you're gonna get isn't it you know we're talking about one of well like there's that call at the beginning of of the documentary after he's like you know finding a sandwich in his pants yeah. i'm like you know what is this what's going on yeah. going off into um like a meeting room in the back of his house yeah talking to that guy from america and it's like oh it's the um was it the slowest climb to a number one in the billboard history yeah it's sold the most records to get there yeah. ever and, he, <laughs> and he's just like oh yeah cool <laughs> you know like just totally like yeah wicked mate yeah cool yeah. Nice. thanks for your call <laughs> just gotta go finish my lunch <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna go finish my sandwich now yeah so it was it was really cool to see the, like none of it's it's not that it doesn't affect him but mm. he he's just like yeah well that's that's great i'm happy for you yeah i'm happy that you've got that on your my artist has got this and he's like yeah cool i'm just gonna keep writing my songs yeah and that was another thing that again i really respected was he was very aware of his role as the artist like it was his job to write the music get some feedback from people that he trusted but then it was like his manager and the other people involved whose job it was to like they had a big part to play in its success as well like it wasn't just all on him for it to be a success it's like no no you it's it's not all me (laughs) like yeah yeah, because there's that bit in the car isn't it and he's saying listen i'll uh i'll write the songs and it's your job to go and make it fucking hit yeah yeah (laughs) and i love that yeah (laughs) you know yeah that that was really cool um it took some turns in it that yeah. I just was not expecting. Because um, even the fact that it happened, like the so there was so much going on with COVID. Like yeah. the fact it's for I in my head he'd been around for a lot longer. And yeah. it was only 2019. And then they're saying, oh, 2019 was ages ago. I was like, to me it doesn't feel like it is. Because yeah. they basically had two years where they couldn't tour properly or anything like that. And he mentions how when he was writing the album, like he was like, what am I writing it for? If I don't like, I don't know when I'm going to get to play it. I don't know if I'm going to get to play it live. What, what's the point kind of thing. So that must have been very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. You can really see the pressure looming on him Mm. in those parts. Cause like we're saying at the beginning, it starts kind of very like, Oh, look, Lewis is like, worth god knows how many millions probably he's you know arguably the 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 biggest artist in the uk probably the world Mm. selling out stadiums and records left right and center um 
And then he's like, I haven't done a gig in 18 months. Yeah. And uh, the record ca- the record company are telling me that I need to make another, a, a, a bigger hit record. Yeah. And you can see him, he's like, I, I don't <sighs> know how to quite do that. I'm just writing songs. Because, and like when he would have written his first album, obviously he would have written it hoping for success, but he didn't do it knowing, like with the pressures of the second one. And we talked about this with Meteora as well, with Linkin Park, that when when your first album does so well and you were just writing it, hoping that someone might listen to it. And then you have this second one with all the pressure and even more, it's just like, oh God. And like, he talks about the pressure a lot. And I like, again, a lot of respect and very interesting in terms of how it affected his body as well. Oh, I think God. it's a good lesson for a lot of people that they need to listen to their body and how pressures and anxieties can manifest. Yeah, uh, again, that was something that I didn't, I didn't see coming because I, I don't know much about him. Like you said, I'm sim- similar to you. Like I'm aware of who he is as an artist mm. and I've seen the odd thing of him being fucking hilarious on yeah. uh, Instagram, <laughs> especially, I don't know if you've seen it when um, Noel Gallagher said, who the fuck is Lewis Capaldi? <laughs> and then he was like, ooh. And then when he went and uh, played Glastonbury, he came out looking like uh, Noel Gallagher, got his hair cut <laughs> like him and wore the same clothes. And I was just like, fucking so funny i took it that far just brilliant (laughs) um it's so good um but yeah when you got down to seeing just how you know he was like stress eating Mm. um just couldn't you know he's like physically in pain because he had that um had tourette's got diagnosed with tourette's yeah um which is defined as um an audible tick and a physical tick that operate at the same time yeah it's not just a tick which would be like i don't know clearing your throat or the shoulder shrug thing that he talks about and what he does but it's making the noises and stuff at the same time it's an interesting thing which um to learn about in there yeah but just seeing how it like you know there was it was really hard to watch actually Mm. he goes on that it's like a it must be like I don't know what it was. It must have been like a university masterclass or something like that. And he's just sat there and he's just like, you know, all over the place. Yeah. And it sounds like he's, you know, walking while talking, you know, because he's like out of breath and like all this. You can just hear it. Yeah. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. Like it's just out of control. Like the stress and the anxiety is just beyond controllable at this point you know it's crazy yeah like I imagine you also get in your head about it as well like especially when you're in an environment of being interviewed or in front of people where it's like you probably need to try and focus on calming down a bit but then obviously you're hyper aware of what's going on and you're and you might get a bit self-conscious I don't know I'm not going to speak on his behalf Mm. but like it's it must take such it clearly took a physical toll on him as well because he was in actual pain but the mental toll of it on top of everything else like the fact that he kept going like and I know they did he did take a break from from writing the album and fair play to him for that but then I think the break was only four months or so yeah it wasn't long really yeah I was just like oh my god (laughs) I can't like I can't imagine how you can just bounce back from that 
no it, it was um one thing of that is i did really like how after all of that had happened and they took a break and um came back to it to assess how can they not that how could they prevent this mm. it is really rare to me that people his team don't just care about the money mm. obviously yeah. there's a of course there's an invested interest in that of course but yeah. you know they the team that he his initial like core team around him really give a shit about him yeah and when they were like they were like this is just because it wasn't him that asked for it to be stopped yeah it was, it was his um ma it was his manager and his parents wasn't it that said yeah. all right this just needs to, we need to fucking address this because it's getting it's, it's getting mad and then they've they've put things in place for him like when they were booking that u.s tour he's um two weeks on two weeks off that's what it was yeah so th they're not just doing the old like 80s 90s thing where they're like cool you're on the road for four years yeah. and you have <laughs> 10 days off <laughs> you know like um uh, yeah 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 so it's nice to see that they had taken you know they've really taken his health seriously yeah and, and they're nurturing it so it was it was nice to it's nice to see that it's not all the he's not just a product to them right yeah of course you know there's a there's a human there yeah um and that they like that they respect him as an artist as well enough to want to nurture him but to get better at both his craft and physically and men mentally that they're not just like oh we'll just let you be a one-hit wonder or not even a one-hit wonder but a one album wonder and then we're going to head off and find the next one they're like no we like they trust him he trusts them there's it's it's nice to see on such a large scale like and I'd say like for younger artists as well who might be nervous about entering the music scene or like just grinding and grinding and grinding and then afraid that they're going to get left behind obviously that still can happen yeah. but it it's it does feel like there's a change within the the industry obviously not with every artist but no. the fact that it's happening with somebody as big as Lewis Capaldi it's good to see yeah that can only inspire better things couldn't it mm -hmm. you know I mean uh, I thought what was also interesting about doing uh this doc talking about this documentary so quickly after doing the meteora one is that there is many similarities in in the pressure the mental health mm -hmm. the feeling that of you don't fitting in and all these other things there's because obviously you know they're not this the same genre and yeah. you know there's there's a a 20-year gap between the two yeah um you'd think well i hope that there's some changes being made <laughs> you <know>? yeah. <laughs> and maybe there hasn't been many changes in for that space of time yeah but if if you look at how people were not looking after chester mm. and then you look at how people are recognizing lewis's um state of mind and his physical condition because of of those things yeah it was good to see that 
his manager was like, hang on a minute, this is bigger than the sum of its parts, you know? Yeah, because that's um, so true. Like even going back to the to Meteora, like Chester got really sick and yeah. obviously they were worried about him. But then a lot of the people on the on the kind of the production end of it, maybe, or well, not the production, but like the label were just like, well, we need to get this finished. We need to get this out. And he was like, oh, OK, <laughs> incredibly yeah, they, sick. They weren't and, looking after him. The band yeah. were. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the the machine around him wasn't. That was it. Yeah. The industry itself was just like, well, we need to get this out. So suck it up. <laughs> he can be sick after. <laughs> yeah. Get sick afterwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need this album. So, yeah, like a normal person, schedule your sickness. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, the pressures are all the same. You know, just yeah. get on, get on a bit, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting looking at the two the two artists on that level. Mm. And it's nice to see that the outcome from that there's there's resolve and uh, prevention put in place. And yeah. you know, from that, I really hope that he. Uh, I hope, I hope that works so so well for him do you know what I mean yeah oh for sure I hope that stays with him because yeah. I think one of his one of his like childhood friends is on his touring band as well like I think that's yeah. lovely and I, I know we said it before but he does seem to be very grounded and I thought it was really interesting the way they did have a big focus on him his parents selling his childhood house and how that that was like the last part of the old him before he became Louis Capaldi. Like. Yeah, yeah. And it was weird and like, I know, cause he, everything he says, there's some sort of, uh, there's a caveat into some sort of comedy punchline one-liner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like where he was like going through, he just, it was so weird. He's like, yeah, this is my bedroom in there. Yeah. And he's got like, you know, platinum selling discs on his <laughs> yeah. wall. And then he's like, oh, here's the Johnnies and the wrestling figures. <laughs> together was priceless as he's got like a platinum disc and then yeah. like it's, it's just like i was dying it's so funny and the fact he was like he wasn't like oh fucking hell netflix are filming this documentary about yeah. it he's like hey look at these like you know are they cool aren't they cool yeah 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 dust them off or something yeah, like, <laughs> yeah god damn it you know so it was that, there's some funny things in there with obviously like the serious bits in it too but yeah yeah um you could see that maybe some people wouldn't be that affected by some of those that mm. um, i'd say they're not simple things you know moving yeah. house is stressful as shit as you're aware oh of course yeah <laughs> you know they say moving house is the second most stressful thing to bereavement oh wow yeah, and having work done in your house, apparently mm -hmm. that, and divorce, they're like the big four right. stresses in life, you know, so, um, yeah, done all those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're still here. <laughs> still here. Come on, man. <laughs> Just about, anyway. If this, um, if this uh, was it birch fucking... Yeah. Yeah, birch pollen. Yeah, birch pollen doesn't kill me off. That's gonna be it. That's gonna be the kicker. <laughs> yeah, survived all the stuff. It moves but... up the rank as well. <laughs> Moving house, birch pollen. <laughs> yeah, that's that's totally gonna be it, isn't it? Yeah, we'll survive all this amazing stuff and then gets killed by the trees. Yeah, what a, what a horrible way to go. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's interesting that um he takes that real bad. Like not like real bad, but you can see that it affects him more than most other people would. Mm. And I think that's a small insight into like his how his creativity works yeah. and how he writes, you know. Because it's it like anytime you like if you produce something good, you will attach a lot of sentimentality to the room or the space mm. that you are in. And that will always be there. And when he was like packing up everything and he was saying, This was where I wrote um someone you loved. So yeah. And it's so simple. Like it's just his room, it's just a piano, like it's it's nothing, it's not in a big studio. It wasn't, it was just very paired back. And you could just tell that it was it was a different him. And he speaks yeah. as well about wanting to stay grounded and remembering who he is and that I think with still having his childhood home and who he was when he started his road into the music industry, having that being taken away would feel like one of one of his main things to keep him grounded was also being taken away. But like it's hard enough when you're when say in your twenties and your childhood home is <laughs> your parents yeah. decide to move and you're like, but what? No. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Never mind going from being a Joe Soap to a worldwide superstar <laughs> yeah. in the one house yeah yeah that's crazy you know and yeah there's the touching moment when he said when he wrote that song and he's like write that over there and it's just his like his you know, his, yeah it's just like platinum disc and then next to it is like over you you're in the one billion streams club from Spotify, yeah. and he's just like like looking around and it's it almost seems like a part of him's going i hope this is not dying with that yeah exactly you know and you can see him mulling that idea though he, he you can he obviously he doesn't say it yeah for me you can totally see that as he's saying it yeah as he's saying like the comedy stuff with it you can see that the reality of the more serious side of stuff yeah. is just going over him in, in his head you know yeah um yeah, and it was just really, it was really cool that they arced back to him as a kid. Mm, I loved that. God, that was just one of the best bits of the documentary when you saw his journey. Yeah. And you just thought, like, man, like, it he's nothing but just worked his ass off. Yeah. It's not been, and because he's really laid back and he's funny and, like, a goofy character, yeah. you think oh, he's just been picked up by a major label because he got a good voice. Yeah. And um, they just lump him into these songs and away he goes. But that's just not it. Like, he's a pretty decent piano player. Mm. And even when he was a kid, one of the things that struck me is that um, he was a really solid rhythm guitar player. Yeah. I didn't like, even realise that either. But Yeah, it was, he wasn't like weird strumming and like yeah. trying to compensate over his voice. He was like really relaxed player, yes. solid in the pocket. And that was him at like 12. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's not many kids who can like shred and stuff yeah. who are like that solid at playing rhythm. Yeah. I just think like he's worked. Some of the artists who do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was absolutely had this natural 
rhythm inside him where he was yeah. able, you know, to play. And you just think like, that's so cool that they've captured those little moments and you can see the journey through it. Um, yeah, just just brilliant in that. And it's funny because obviously he was born in 96 and like, you know, camcorders and home videos were becoming more available to like, you know, regular families. Like before, like say in the 80s, Tat have a fair bit of money, but yeah. like it was coming a bit more affordable. And so naturally, like you want to record everything because recording all these little moments for kids w- was new. Yeah. And now like being able to to cut from him on Christmas and like hit like showing his brother and stuff like that and oh, how yeah. it was a very like there was music in the house all the time and then mm. going to his small shows and then obviously it, it, then it like will cut to Wembley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's um, you know, what I took from seeing those family moments right apart from something that I'm sure we'll get to in a minute in the conversation is that there's always this thing about um, musicians. They need to be this, um, this deeply troubled background. Mm. Like they have to be from a broken home or things like that. Like if, again, like if you're looking at the comparisons again, like with say Lincoln park and what have you, yeah like they're all from real it wasn't easy for where they got there i'm not saying it was for uh lewis capaldi of course yeah but But very different childhoods yeah absolutely but it's just wonderful to see a real good family dynamic yeah and even still like not trying to to cash in on his success they're still very much they're honest and it's like well you wanted your opinion before we're still you want it now (laughs) they played that song and i can't remember i don't know if it's been released yet i I was listening listening to some and i hadn't quite recognized it yet but it's only because i'm not too familiar with his back catalog but he i was like man this song's great and his dad goes (laughs) Like it's there, eyes closed, and he just goes, that's shite, you know? I, I thought he was being sarcastic at first. I did, I thought this, because like my dad says that to me too. Like yeah. he goes, oh yeah, that's shit. And I was yeah. like, oh, if my dad says that to me, that means it's good. Yeah, exactly. So I've always been like, okay, right, cool. Like the reverse psychology of that. Yeah. But his dad was like, looked like he was in the moment, like yeah. that, and he was just like, yeah, that's shite. <laughs> just like, oh. I, I wouldn't say it was shit. Yeah. I was like, I'll have it. I'll take this yeah, exactly. if you don't want it. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, hand over here, dude. Yeah. I'll do something with it. You know, and his mum was I like... Mean, if that's the standard like of what's regarded as shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, okay, cool. Right, yeah. Maybe it has gone to your head then because like the standard, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, but that's also the great thing about it. Although I think there's one or two moments where I did think, come on, I can't remember his dad's name, but I was like, come yeah. on, dude. Like, yeah, mm. unnecessary. I wonder if exactly. there was a little play up to the camera by saying it sometimes a bit cut. Yeah. Throw it like that. But, um, because then I got, I was getting worried. I was just like, no, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> like when like... you hear that from someone you really trust, and on one side, of course, you do want the honest opinion, mm. but also, <laughs> it's in the delivery though yeah exactly sugarcoated a little and then like you know 
build up to the real critique. <laughs> yeah, the shit sandwich is what it's called, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah like, okay, exactly. here's the, here's here's some positive. Here's the meat, which is probably going to be a load of shit, but yeah. here's here's also something else to think about. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing wrong with delivering a shit sandwich. Exactly. You know, it's easier to eat when it's in bread, you yeah. know, type of thing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I wonder if that was just a little bit because the cameras are there, and he probably yeah. wanted to keep a bit of there was you know that masculinity thing happening in there i'm not i don't know um obviously i don't know any of the people you know it's just yeah. my personal take on it um but one thing i did think was funny is uh he he called his dad out on it mm. i think because of that reason because yeah. he was like he's like he, he looked to the camera type of thing and he goes like you know <laughs> and uh his mum's like, yeah, I'm not sure lyrically where you are then. He's like, all right. And then he goes, he goes, yeah, throughout my childhood, they'd say that's a good song or, oh, that's interesting. That's different for you. Or yeah, that's not your best, but maybe you could go back and write something else for it. Um, now it's, this is shit. And yeah, your verses and your lyrics aren't quite. <laughs> and he's, you know, and he calls his parents out on that. And yeah. they're like, no, well, no, we're just trying to. And he's like, he's like, you are, <laughs> you know. So again, I, I did like the fact that even though it's his parents and they are going like, mm. yeah. And I thought that song was fucking, <laughs> was not shit. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking, I generally thought when I first saw that segment, they were going to turn around and, and like cry with emotion for it. Or something. I know. And, and <laughs> like the fact his dad turns and goes, yeah, that's shite. It's just yeah. like. Okay. <clears throat> but I love that they kind of, that they didn't cut it weird. They let that whole thing play yes. out. They let this conversation between parents and their kid. Cause he like, I mean, he like he was he's only 26 now, I think. So maybe Yeah, that's mad as well. Yeah, like he's still, I'm sure certainly to his mom, he's still her little boy. Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so like yeah. you can watch that dynamic kind of of just parent and child happening yeah. live. And I thought that was so sweet. And again, very humanizing that it wasn't real like they didn't kind of blow smoke up his arse or anything like that no. no they were harsh but also like yeah i really liked that whole scene and yeah. he was able to stand up for himself and kind of give it back <laughs> yeah i think that's a, there's there's a there's a parental lesson in there i think you know hmm. that in the right areas they've built him up to be a strong individual where he can yeah. do whatever he wants he you know um he doesn't have to have you know the perfect physical health yeah and I, and I mean that in um from my experience especially when I was in a band and stuff and it was all that I was always getting told to go to the gym and uh, yeah. sort this out and I even had a review once that called me fat in it you know? oh my god yeah yeah I did yeah and they're like oh, yeah I think they I can't remember the the fault the whole terminology um it got removed after a while but um yeah it it they basically made a comment on the fact that i was putting on weight jesus and i was I... like uh yeah i'm going through shit thanks yeah <laughs> okay wicked but yeah. with uh yeah don't worry about it i preferred i preferred of you to have told me my songs were shit but yeah exactly <laughs> whatever yeah. <laughs> i could have taken that a bit better yeah but, um yeah it's not like men's health are reviewing my album right <laughs> do you know what exactly. I mean? 
he's he, he he's fat and he's definitely losing it but he's got some decent songs yeah. <laughs> it's not like um, your music magazine's going yeah they, they were really good live but he, uh, Nicky smash is putting on some fucking weight and it's like yeah. oh yeah cool yeah thanks great observation <laughs> yeah maybe it was just the lighting bro yeah <laughs> it wasn't but yeah. you know <laughs> you know not, nonetheless but it was good that he doesn't feel he needs to be anything yeah you know like that he's just he is just who he is just, yeah exactly you know, he's doesn't give a shit about his i mean it's not he doesn't give a shit of course he cares but course. he doesn't feel like he has to be this something he's not yeah you know um and, it, and actually just thinking again about his mental and his like his physical health again another kind of moment where his parents were his parents when his dad noticed uh, like the twitch getting worse mm. and he do, he like softens a lot and just goes into kind of dad mode and tries dad to talk mode. to him as a concerned parent about their kid like he's just like you like can you is there anything you can do to when he was saying can you go to a chiropractor or whatever and again like Lewis Capaldi was was a kid like no there's nothing I can do like it's he's <laughs> going like I can't fucking yeah. go to a fucking chiropractor yeah. he's like doesn't that's it's not the same thing yeah. You know, and then his mom's like, God, you have to be so fucking, you know, and he's just like, I've just generally, I yeah. generally give a shit about my son here, you yeah. know. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And again, like they left those bits in. Mm. They didn't shy away from showing them. It was quite, um, it's quite good. 